Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You have to understand what part of the law we're under today. How does it apply to my life? What do I do with the Bible? So Jesus says to these people, now you've heard it said, but I'm going to give you, Balmer translation again, the real scoop. I'm going to give it to you in bite-sized pieces so you can leave and go, I can do that with God's help. That's what we do in this place. So that's the main key that Jesus is trying to do. He's going to fulfill the law by explaining it, bringing it down to everyday application. When it comes to understanding certain laws and regulations, we sometimes can't help but think they were written in a different language. For proper understanding, we sometimes have to rely on a dictionary that's entirely dedicated to legal terms. Although God's laws are simple and straightforward, we unfortunately have a history of treating them the same way as our own. In today's study, Pastor Mark teaches us how Christ fulfilled God's law and removed all the nonsense that man added to it. Rather than our outward appearance, we learn that God's law was designed for our inner being. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 17 with his continuing study entitled, The Standard, Be Perfect. One day he went out on the Sabbath and he healed a man. Another day he said to his disciples, have some corn, it's fine. It's on the Sabbath. So the religious leaders are thinking, well, is Jesus above the law? Is he going to do away with the law? When he does away with the law, is he going to bring his own rules and regulations? What is really going to happen? So let's talk about what Jesus thought about the law, what he did with it. Then we're going to talk about what you and I do with that law. Look at verse 17 again. Jesus says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. So there's two things there. We'll get to that in a moment. I have not come to abolish them, either one of them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus says to the people, including the scribes and the Pharisees, no, I'm I'm not coming to destroy God's law. I'm coming to keep it. Actually, I'm going to fulfill it totally. The word fulfill means to fill out, to expand, to complete. Now, how did Jesus... Fulfill the law. Let me give you three more ways, three things to write down this morning. If you get this, you you understand very clearly what your role is with the Bible. Number one, Jesus is going to fulfill the law and the prophets, number one, this way. By obeying the law perfectly and then teaching its correct meaning and application. So Jesus is going to 
obey the law, he's going to fulfill it perfectly. Only one that will ever do that. And then he's going to teach its correct meaning and its application. This is going to be a contrast between he and the religious leaders. Remember, the religious leaders had taken the law of God and just made it a huge mess. So how is Jesus going to do this? Well, just hold your place there and just look down to verse 21. Over and over, about six times in the next few verses, you're going to see this contrast. In that verse, Jesus says this, watch me. You have heard it said. What does he mean by that, you've heard it said? He's speaking to the people. You're the Jewish people. And what he's saying is, you've heard your religious leaders say this, that you shouldn't murder. Look in the next verse. How does Jesus respond? But I say to you. So he's going to say, you've heard the, you've heard the religious leaders say, you shouldn't murder. Well, that's true. But it goes way past murder. I say unto you the real meaning of murder. If you even have anger in your heart, you murdered somebody. So here's the contrast. That's huge. Here's what you've been taught. Here's the real meaning of this. Now, through all of this, I've written the Balmer translation. It's not copywritten, so you can see it. So what's Jesus saying? If you get this, you, you understand a lot about church. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says this. Let me, speaking about the law, let me correct and clarify and simplify what God really meant. Now, what does a pastor do? That's it. What is my role? I'm to correct teaching that you might have heard that isn't what God said. I'm to clarify what God did say. And my whole goal then is to simplify it so that you can leave this building and go, I got it. If you're a teacher in a small group, couples, youth, Sunday school, doesn't matter. That's your goal. Now, we have a dichotomy because we have actually two kinds of groups here. We have a group over here. You go to the church and you're incredibly emotionally moved, which is not bad. It's very good. But there's hardly any substance taught. So you leave really good, but you got nothing to hang on to. Then you can go over here to this church. There's not much emotion, but there's incredible brilliance. And this guy teaching you has got this 47 degrees after his name. And I'm not against education. I have plenty of my own degrees. But he talks with these words like this. And he's way up here. And you go, wow, what a great man. What a brilliant man that is. And you're driving home and your kid says, what'd you learn, Dad? Well, we learned this word. <laughs> well, what do you do with it? I don't know. So what good is that? So our goal is to be between, to have the anointing of God. But when you leave this place, you go, I get it now. I get it. It's clarified. And of any teaching, you have to understand what part of the law we're under today. How does it apply to my life? What do I do with the Bible? 
So Jesus says to these people, now you've heard it said, but I'm going to give you, Bomber translation again, the real scoop. I'm going to give it to you in bite-sized pieces so you can leave and go, I can do that with God's help. That's what we do in this place. So that's the main key that Jesus is trying to do. He's going to fulfill the law by explaining it, bringing it down to everyday application. Now, number two, Jesus will one day fulfill all the Old Testament types and prophecies. Now, if you look back in verse 17, notice he said, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets. Now, what are the prophets? Actually, the law and the prophets was the common way for the Jews to refer to the Old Testament. All right, let's see how good you're doing this morning. Which part of this Bible is the law? First, first five books. Now, where are the prophets? Well, they start with Isaiah. And the last half of the Old Testament go all the way to the end of those minor prophets. Now, in between the prophets and the law, we have the poetic books. Books of Songs of Solomon and Psalms and many of those other books. Now, what about that? Well, Jesus spoke of it quite often. There's prophecies about Jesus in there. So when, you, when the, the Jewish person spoke about the prophets and the law, it included that Old Testament all the way up there before Matthew. That's what it is. This is what the Jews had. Now, when Jesus is teaching, that's all they have. By the way, they have their own copy. It was in scrolls. Many people didn't even have a copy. But the, there was no New Testament. So when Jesus begins teaching, he's going to clarify all of that. Now, in this prophetic section, especially from Isaiah to the end of the Old Testament, there are over 300 prophecies about Jesus coming to this earth. So he says, I'm not going to abolish it. I'm going to actually fulfill it. Well, some of the prophecies were like this, where he'd be born, that he would die, that he would be raised after three days. So Jesus is saying to them, Am I going to get rid of that? No, in fact, in about three years, I'm going to fulfill a bunch of those prophecies in the Old Testament. Now, there's more prophecies still to be fulfilled about Jesus. And that has to do with his second coming, coming back to this earth after it's destroyed. We'll talk more about that later. So what are we saying here in this passage? Well, Jesus just says, I'm going to come and, and fulfill all that stuff that was written about me. You watch it happen. Now, on the overhead is a there's a passage from the book of Luke. Let me, let me just give you a quick understanding of what took place. After Jesus died, he was resurrected. And on that Sunday, he, he went and, and he visited a number of people. Well, there was two guys walking on the road to Emmaus. It was not too far from Jerusalem. They were walking home. They were all discouraged. They thought they'd never see Jesus. He was dead. He was buried. It was over with. They had put all their hopes on him and it was done. Well, as they got walking around, Jesus joins them. He doesn't show him who, who he really is. So they don't have any idea. Just a stranger. And he's saying like, well, why are you sad? What happened? Man, didn't you hear? What are you... You didn't hear what happened in the town, and they go on and on and on. Then eventually Jesus, uh, not even at this point, but he just begins to say some things to him. Look what Jesus says to him. Then Jesus said to these two men, you are such foolish people. You find it so hard to believe that all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. I mean, you're saying you don't understand anything about the scriptures. It was all in the prophets. Look what he says. Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before any time of glory? I mean, guys, all you had was the Old Testament. It was all over the Old Testament. Why does this surprise you? Why are you so slow to believe? 
Everything that was predicted has to come true because it's God's word. It did come true. Then he goes on and he says this. Then Jesus quoted. He didn't pull out his Bible and read to him. He didn't have one. He quoted scripture. He quoted passages from the writing of Moses. Which part of the Bible would that be? Tell me. It's the law. Moses wrote the five books. He, he quoted passages from the writings of Moses and all the, which is what? Isaiah all the way to the end, the major prophets and the minor prophets, explaining what all the scriptures said about himself. By the way, if you go to the Psalms, the middle part of the Old Testament, Psalm 22 tells us all about how we would be beaten. Exactly the same thing. So all of that fit in. So what is Jesus doing? He's just saying to these guys, Hey, I'm fulfilling what was predicted by the prophets. Number three, Jesus would not only fulfill the law perfectly by living it perfectly and then giving the correct application. He would not only fulfill all the prophecies about him, but number three, he would provide a way of salvation that meets all the requirements of the law. We'll talk more about that in a moment. You see, remember what the Pharisees said? You can be good enough, if you keep the law, you can be good enough to get to heaven. Jesus is going to say, uh, no, I'm going to show you how that really works. Now, so that's what Jesus believed about the law. The law is good. He's not going to do away with it. But he's going to clarify it. He's going to simplify it. He's going to make it very easy for us to understand. Now, what about the law and the Christian? The law and the Christian. Look at verse 18. And by the way, in your Bible, you want to put a little star, red star in verse 18. Big time. Huge, huge, huge verse. Now, let me have your attention so I won't scare you. Jesus is going to say this. I tell you the truth. First words. I tell you the truth. What's he mean by that? Here's what he means. Listen up! See, when they heard, I tell you the truth, it was like, whoa, tell you the truth. Something big is coming. That's what he's doing. Now, how big is it? It's huge. Look what Jesus says. He says in verse 18, I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear. By the way, when will that be? Pastor Mark, you mean heaven and earth are going to disappear someday? Mm Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new heaven and new earth. Oh, I don't believe that. Well, it's predicted all through the Bible. So until that happens, and that's the end of time as we know it, it is coming. This earth isn't going to go on like it is. Until that happens, what? Well, look at it. The smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until Everything is accomplished. Verse 19. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 18 is a strong testimony to the verbal inspiration of scripture. Jesus is saying to these people, That divine inspiration from God. How was the Bible written? The Bible 
these 66 books written by many authors, 40 plus, was written by men. Men wrote them. But inspired by the Holy Spirit. Notice what Jesus is saying. Let's look at that again. And so you can make your own assessment of how important this verse is. Jesus says that the divine inspiration extended to the words, even the letters, even the smallest part of every letter in the original text. Notice, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law. What he's saying is that all the Bible is an errant, totally without error, and we can trust our very lives to the truth of God's word. Now, is that important or not? What Jesus says, Pastor Mark, there's no way this guy's writing here. He doesn't. No, the Holy Spirit made sure there were no errors in his book. Let me give you an illustration. You're a parent, husband and wife. You have kids. They're heading off to college. Just finished high school. And you and your wife sit down with them, or if you're a single parent, you sit down with me and you say, I want to give you 10 things that I've learned that I want you to, if you follow these, you'll be successful in your life. And you write these 10 things down and you give them to your kids. Now, would you write a couple of those that aren't true? Would you? In other words, I'm going to lie to them, do this, and you'll be successful. And you know if they do that, they'll be destroyed. No, you would never do that. Why? Because you love your Kids, you want them to be successful. So God's up there in heaven going, well, let's see. I'll give them a few good things, but I'm going to tell them some things that just don't work at all. I want to see them squirm. I want to see them actually go to hell. I want to see them be miserable in life. Do you see how stupid that is? You say, well, God can't control what was written in there. What God do you believe in? Sure he did. So even the smallest letter was put correctly. Now the problem comes in the interpretation of that. And that's what the Pharisees blew because they put man's traditions before God's truth. And of course today then we have to try to clarify that, simplify that, make that a point so it's easy for us to understand. Now, what does that mean for us? Write this down. It simply means this. The law or scripture, it's eternal. It's totally true. It's powerful. And it applies to every area of our daily lives. Every area of our daily lives. Here's something so encouraging to me. You see, God's word is alive. It is powerful. It speaks to us. And you'll hear people say this. Pastor Mark, this is, a, this is like a 4,000 or at least a 2,000-year-old book. I mean, that has no relationship to anything that's happening today. You couldn't be farther from the truth. This is as current, more current than the outfit you're wearing. It's fresh. It's up to date. If you're here this morning and there's a problem in your marriage, you have a decision to make this week in your life. You have a financial thing to do. Your child is sick. You have a decision over in this situation. There's a problem in a relationship between this person and this person. You don't know what to do with your life tomorrow. You don't understand purpose. I want to tell you, if you'll understand this book and go by it and understand the author of the book and he lives in your heart, you will live a purposeful, successful life. Every answer to anything that you ever have is right here. And I'm never embarrassed. 
I am never embarrassed by saying to you, if you bet your life on it, you're going to heaven with me and you're going to enjoy the ride on the way there. You say, well, that's the law in the prophets. That's the Old Testament. Is there any part of the New Testament that I can base my life on? Well, you watch. Let me read you a little bit from the Old Testament first. Psalms. David. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. How long is eternal? Uh, Time dated? No. It's firm in the heavens. Psalm 19. David again. The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. David again, Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Well, what about the New Testament? When we move over to the New Testament, now, of course, Jesus validated the Old Testament many times. Well, what about the New Testament? Listen, Jesus says in the book of Matthew, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So every word that Jesus speaks will never pass away. They're valid. Well, how many words does Jesus speak? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then, of course, many in the epistles and all the rest, because those people, the disciples, the people that wrote those books, what? Quoted who? Jesus. Then you hear this verse, and you know this verse very well. 2 Timothy 3.16. Paul wrote to Timothy, all scriptures God breathed, all scripture. It's used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness, so the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture. What are they talking about with all scripture? Well, in those days, we had some of the gospels, maybe. We certainly had the oral writings, the things that were going through their minds. We have maybe an epistle or two. We had all the Old Testament. You say, well, that doesn't mean then, I mean, they're not validating all the other. No, no, no. Listen to 1 Thessalonians. Paul writing. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God from Paul speaking in those epistles after the gospel, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. So that means this statement, write it down. The Old Testament and the New Testament both claim the words of God are true. Both the old and the new claim that the words of God are true. So I can base my life on it. The principles that are there are eternal. They're not time dated. So we have today society and you know, our Congress, our courts, our judges are trying to redefine marriage as an example. Well, you can't redefine marriage. It's already been defined by God. It's, well, Pastor Mark, man, you don't know the day we're living in. I mean, if you watch Channel 8 and the Desperate Housewives, that has nothing to do with it. When it comes to laws and regulations, we don't always understand the true meaning or intent. In today's study, Pastor Mark taught us how the Jewish leaders of the time took God's holy law to a different level due to their understanding. Continuing our study in the Sermon on the Mount, we learned how Christ came to fulfill the law and to teach its true intention of inner transformation rather than outward routine. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Stay tuned for our next edition of Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark teaches us about man's natural desire for guidance and fulfillment. In our study, we'll learn how God's Word is the ultimate source of absolute truth and guidance in our lives. Rather than looking to empty horoscopes and spiritual enlightenment, Pastor Mark will teach us the importance of looking no further than the Word of God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together... Let's do life right.